the book of Revelation, chapter 4. After these things, that is the message from Jesus about the seven churches. After these things, I, John, looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you things which must take place after this. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardius stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne, in appearance like an emerald. Around the throne were twenty-four thrones, and on the thrones I saw twenty-four elders sitting, clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their heads. And from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Before the throne there was a sea of glass like crystal, And in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures, full of eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion, the second living creature like a calf. The third living creature had a face like a man, and the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. And they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. Let's pray, and then we will turn it over to Jason. Our Lord, we just read a vision of the very throne room in heaven. We ask that in this time together, just as you drew John's attention to this reality, so you would draw our attention to this reality, so that all of the glory that is yours might have its full impact on us, that we might become truly useful servants in your hand as an outcome of our time together this morning in your presence. In your name, Shepherd Jesus, we pray. Amen. Revelation chapter 5. And I, John, saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, 
Who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. So I wept much because no one was found to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns, and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. Then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. Then I looked And I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth, and such as are in the sea, and all that are in them, I heard saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Then the four living creatures said, Amen. And the twenty-four elders fell down and worshipped him who lives forever and ever. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have abandoned your trust in your own goodness, if you've abandoned your trust in your own track record, if you've abandoned your trust in anything that you could imagine would give you a welcome with God, if you've abandoned that, washed your hands of it, and cast yourself utterly, completely only on the mercy of God made available to you because of what Jesus did on the cross. What did Jesus do on the cross? He is the Lamb of God. What did John the Baptist say of the Lord Jesus Christ before his own disciples? Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Every year, The Jewish people sacrificed thousands and thousands of lambs. Every Passover, each family 
would sacrifice a Passover lamb or kid goat, (laughs) either one. And they would take the blood and they would put it on the lintel and the door. The lintel is the top and the doorposts. And by the way, it's very specific in the law of Moses. They were to take a hyssop sprig, put it in the blood, and not just paint it on. No, they were to strike the lintel. They were to strike the door. And exactly, they were told, they were specified at eye level. So you've got blood here, blood here, blood here. What does that remind you of? The Lord Jesus with the crown of thorns, the nails driven. And by the way, the blood, where were they getting the blood from? When they would, in Egypt, they had a hook beside their door of their hut. And that was where you hung an animal that you had just killed so that the blood could drain out. And you had a little trough there in front of your door. It, it rained very seldom in Egypt. But on the occasions when it did, you didn't want it running into the house. And so you had a little trough there in your front doorway. And that's where the blood would pool. And you would dip the hyssop sprig into that and then strike the lintel and the doorposts. And you have the crown of thorns, the nails driven through the hands, and the feet, nails driven through the feet. But they did it every year. They were to do it every year. Why? Because it never got the job done. It was a prophetic pattern of what would come and behold the lamb of god who will take away the sins of the world he will accomplish what those hundreds of thousands even perhaps millions of lambs and kid goats that had been sacrificed we're talking 1440 bc until jesus death how many lambs had been sacrificed and they never got the job done but jesus did He paid sin's penalty for the human race. And my, the means by which I come to benefit from that is when I abandon all other hope. I renounce anything I have ever done, anything about me. And I place all of my trust on that redemptive work of Christ on the cross so such that he said, it is finished. It is paid in full. He had just paid off the sin debt of the human race. And all I need to do is hold out an empty hand and allow God to place that, that mercy, that forgiveness into my hand. That's my role is just to be the beggar. He is the one who meets my need. And he did it completely, fully, And when Jesus did that, he could honestly say to the apostles afterward, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. The Father has handed that which is in the heavens, that which is on the earth, that which is under the earth, that which is in the seas, that which (laughs) everything has been placed into my hands. He is the Lamb who takes away the sin of the world and becomes the unrestrained ruler of all things. That's what God has done for us. That's the gospel. As we 
commemorate this every year. We come to this Christmas time, and here is this God become flesh. God become flesh. He is true God of true God. The Nicene Creed says accurately, true God of true God, true man of true man, joined together in one person, fully God, fully man, worthy of unrestrained worship. When the Magi came, those whom we call wise men or kings, or what, but they were, they were from the intelligentsia of the Mesopotamian Valley, Tigris Euphrates Valley. They had come over and they went into the house where the child was and his mother Mary and they worshipped him. They worshipped him. If you read the gospel accounts, when the leper came to Jesus, having he's come Matthew chapter 8. Jesus is coming down off the mountain. He's just finished the Sermon on the Mount. And Matthew uses the term when Jesus, when the leper says to Jesus, if you will, you can cleanse me. He is saying of Jesus, you can do something that it is understood only God can do. Only God could cleanse a leper. And Matthew uses the word in saying that to Jesus, he is worshiping him. He's worshiping him. He is God. John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and a face-to-face relationship with God, and the Greek word order, and God was the Word. Unrestrained God, and the Word became flesh and tabernacle, tended among us, and we beheld His glory, glory as of the only begotten of the Father, the full heir of all things. And as we read in the Revelation chapter 5, he is the heir of all things. Let's look at these words again. They present the scroll. The scroll is in the right hand of the Father who sits on the throne. By the way, we won't go into this. What is this scroll? You go to Deuteronomy 32 and you go to the book of Daniel and you find that day is coming when all of these prophetic promises made to the nation of Israel and to the world of its complete, ultimate judgment followed by restoration will take place. And six of those seals, this is said to be sealed up in, Daniel, in Deuteronomy 32. Everything detailed, if you keep reading in chapter 6, all of these seals are, are detailed except one. And that's the one that's detailed in the book of Daniel as the seventh is another seal. All seven seals are found in the Hebrew scriptures. And here is the scroll. Who has the power to set these actions in motion that will result in ultimately in the establishment of the messianic kingdom? No one has the power. No one has. And John mourns. John, oh, no one has the power. No one has the power. And he's weeping. And one of the elders says to him, stop weeping. The lamb, the lamb, the lamb. By his act of obedience to the father, the father sent him to do a task. He did the task, which resulted in our redemption He has, he is worthy as the lamb who was slain. 
to receive glory and honor. Worthy is the Lamb. And so we look at this child placed into a, could there be a more humble circumstance for the birth of the one who is King of kings and Lord of lords? There could not be. He is born in a stable, probably a cave stable there in Bethlehem. And he's laid in a feed trough. (laughs) He's laid in it. That's what a manger is. It's a place where you put the hay so that the sheep and the cattle can eat the hay in the trough. And that's his bed. But he is going, he is king of kings and lord of lords. His true value defies the environment and the picture that meets our eyes. And I looked and behold in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes. Well, that's a kind of a picture that we draw. Seven horns. Seven is the number of perfection, completeness. Seven horns. Unrestrained strength. He is omnipotent. All authority, all power, and heaven and on earth has been given to him. No one can stand against his power. And seven eyes which are the seven spirits of God. He sees things with absolutely perfect, precise eyesight. He sees things as they really are, and he acts in the way all of those things that we identify with the wisdom and the power and the insight of God the Holy Spirit are the reality for him. He could honestly say, as he does in John's Gospel, He is quoted as saying, he who has seen me has seen the Father. You want to see God walking? Look at Jesus of Nazareth. You will see God walking. He who has seen me has seen the Father. He has seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God. Then he came and took the throne, the scroll out of the hand of him who sat on the throne. Notice he took it. Why? Because he's earned it. The Father isn't giving, he has already earned it. He took it out of the hand of him who sat on the throne. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints, and sang a new song, saying, You are worthy. You are worthy to take the scroll. We have all witnessed situations where perhaps it was we ourselves. What? I got that promotion? Really? Or we witnessed somebody else getting a promotion or an accolade, or something. we're going, Really? Really? There's no wondering about Jesus at all. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood. You did what you were asked to do. What was Jesus? Was this something easy for our Lord? 
in the Garden of Gethsemane, as he is praying, he's pulled himself away from the apostles. He is in prayer. Father, if it be possible, pass this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And his blood pressure was so high. We got some guys in here with blood pressure issues. <laughs> his blood pressure was so high, the capillaries were bursting and mixing with his sweat. He was sweating blood. He knew what awaited him. He is fully God who knows what awaits him on that cross. Not only the horrible physical pain inflicted on him by the Roman soldiers, but also that invisible judgment that is coming when all of the lake of fire experienced due to the entire human race for an eternity will be poured out on him. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And it becomes dark in the middle of the day. There's earth, there, so much so, this is so different. This man who had led several crucifixion experiences the centurion, when it was over, said, truly, this was the Son of God. Not only the physical things that he saw happen around him, but he also saw Jesus, a crucified man, saying of those at the foot of his cross, mocking him, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. How many Crucified people, do you suppose that centurion had ever seen forgive the people who engineered their crucifixion? I think we can safely say none. And forgive the man crucified beside him who had been mocking him with the other fellow and then rebuked the other fellow and that man then says to Jesus, will you remember me? After saying Jesus does not deserve this, we do. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. He had had an exposure to Jesus and his message. Will you remember me when you come into your kingdom? You will be with me this day in paradise. The centurion witnessed it all. Truly, this was the Son of God. There's no other explanation that matches the evidence. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood. The 24 elders, how many tribes were there in ancient Israel? 12. How many apostles were there that were the foundation of the church? 12. 24 elders, I would dare say the 24 elders represents both Israel, the Israeli saints, and as well as the church saints. The 24 elders. You have redeemed us by, to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. No one got disqualified because of their ethnicity. And have made us, note this, and have made us, you didn't just open the door and let us slide in and sit back in the corner and, and have made us kings and priests. You have made us royalty. Ladies and gentlemen, have we been redeemed? Yes, we have been redeemed. And then God broke the bank in blessing for us or potential blessing for us 
according to our loyal discipleship to him, he has made us kings. We will share in his regal benefits. We will share in the glory. We will share in all of these things. And priests, what is the role of a priest? A priest is the person who has the right to walk into the presence of God at any time. What happened when Jesus cried out from the cross, it is finished, to tell us I paid in full. What happened in the temple that was packed with people where they were still examining Passover lambs? It's packed with priests. And all of a sudden, what happened? The veil that stood in front of the Holy of Holies was torn in two from top to bottom. This is, this is a tapestry about two and a half to three inches thick. This 20 feet by 20 feet. And it's torn from top to bottom, not bottom to top. It's an act of God. And it sweeps open and all these priests can see into the Holy of Holies. According to the book of Leviticus, this is the death sentence. You should be struck dead right now. And they're seeing into the Holy of Holies. They've ne- the only person who's ever been in there is the high priest once a year. And he better have the right offering. And they're seeing into the Holy of Holies and expecting the lightning to strike. And the lightning doesn't strike and doesn't strike and doesn't strike and does Because now they had high priestly access. Everyone who has transferred their trust from their own goodness, their own works, to the work of Jesus on the cross has the access to the holy God. Unrestrained access. He has made us kings and priests. Is that good news? Is that gospel? Yes, it is. He has taken us from an a, what should be a place of condemnation that causes us to be justly cast into the lake of fire, and he has made a welcome for us in heaven instead. And Jesus is the one who did it. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Our ethnicity didn't disqualify us. And have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we can read the newspapers, we can get focused on all this stuff going on in the world and all the turmoil, and I'm not downplaying that, believe me, I'm addicted to following that stuff myself, but the fact is, we know the end of the story. Go have your head measured, because you're going to be wearing a crown. You, want to, you don't want a, an uncomfortable... You're going to be stepped into a place in a day to come in the eternal reign of our Lord Jesus Christ where we will be administrators in the heavenly realm that will be upon this earth. He has made us kings. He has made us priests. He hasn't left anything out. Nothing. That's good news. And here is God the Son coming and he's laid in a manger in a feed trough, in a stable, and shepherds come. 
Now, we read that, and we are fond of having these little displays we put up in our houses very often, and included are the shepherds and so forth. And uh, what that culture understood of being a shepherd and what our being a shepherd in the Jewish culture and really throughout that whole area, part of the world, being a shepherd was one of the most humble jobs there was. It was a very difficult job. You didn't, weren't in charge of your schedule. You had a flock to care for 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And sometimes you would bring them into the village and there would be a corral there. Which everybody would put their own flocks, all the flocks in. But sometimes you were out on the hillsides like the shepherds who got the angelic choir that came to them. By the way, suggestions, not original with me. Who were those shepherds? What was this flock? They were probably the shepherds of the temple flock that the Passover lambs were often brought from. They were the shepherds of the flock that produced Passover lambs. And they were the ones getting the the most humble occupation, getting the announcement from heaven, go to the stable, the cave stable in Bethlehem, because there you will find the Lord who has been born. And they went there and they worshipped him. Their king laid in a manger, but they had heaven's declaration. (sighs) Is that good news for us? That is good news for us. This is who we are celebrating. And we need to constantly come back, not be distracted by all the Christmassy stuff (laughs) that we can be, be distracted by, and you, and you have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. Then I, John, looked and heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures, the elder and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands with a loud voice, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom, and strength, and honor, and glory, and blessing. All authority in heaven and on earth has been handed to me, Matthew 28. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are are in them, I heard saying, this is every kind of creature. We just hear moos and baas and nays and... uh, No, but God hears (laughs) what they're really saying. I heard saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Then the four living creatures said, Amen. What can we say? Amen. Amen. Let's say that together. Amen. Amen. Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Then the four living creatures said, Amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped him who lives forever and ever. 
What kind of a God do we have? We have a God who is awesome, who has gone, who has sacrificed. Let me ask you a question. Was it harder for the father to send the son or could he have gone himself? It was harder for him to send the son. It was harder. We perfectly understand when we hear of a parent throwing themselves in in the path of something that's about to kill their child. We fully get that. If you've had children, if you're a grown-up who's got a mature outlook on life, we fully understand that. And here is the father who sent the son. He is breaking his own heart in sending the son. And the son's heart was broken for us. For us. And God the Holy Spirit was energizing the entire process this is actually a sacrifice by all persons of the triunity. Let's ask our Lord right now that in this Christmas season that he will draw us into his heart in a special way. This season that we might worship him with greater depth and joy than we ever have before. Please join me in prayer. Our Lord, I'm praying this prayer as much for myself as anybody else in this room. Please give us such an understanding of your love for us demonstrated. You demonstrated your love for us and that while we were still sinners, as unlike you as we could possibly be, Christ, your son, died. Made himself a sacrifice. You sent him to be a sacrifice. The Holy Spirit sustained the whole thing. And that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. We are asking that you will give us a quietness of spirit in your presence to truly appreciate, by the help of your Holy Spirit, to truly appreciate what you've done for us. We know that we can not see now, perhaps in some day to come we will be able to see better, the depth of the invisible suffering that you suffered for us while on that cross. But we thank you, Lamb of God, who came, was placed in the feed trough, and then raised, and always with the understanding that what awaited you was a cross, but also followed by that was kingdom, kingdom, glory, and elevation of people out of every nation, tribe, tongue, and people to be your redeemed ones. We thank you, not only for doing that work on the cross, but in pursuing us as individuals. If we are in your kingdom, it is because you tracked us down and brought us home on your shoulders rejoicing. That is our testimony. We give you the praise and ask that you would heighten our capacity to worship you and give thanks to you in the days to come. In your name, blessed Lamb of God, Jesus we pray, amen.